Hello and welcome to the Jones Chase podcast with your presenters Susanna Reinhardt and Shona Newmark. The views expressed are commentary rather than legal advice and for tailored employment law advice please call 0203 837 9914 or email us at info at com. Welcome to Case Notes, our monthly discussion about an interesting case or investigation um, uh, as we have chosen this week. I'm Susanna Reinhardt and I'm joined by my colleague Shona Newmark. Hi Shona. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm very well. So tell us what we're going to look at uh, this month. Yes, so this is a case that has come out of Parliament. It relates to an investigation report uh, that was completed to the Prime Minister undertaken by somebody called Adam Tully, and it relates to the behaviour of Dominic Raab, who was the Deputy Prime Minister. It was a report that came out on Friday. It wasn't the case we were intending to do, But uh, the reason that we're covering it is because it draws a distinction between um, bullying behaviour by someone that is senior to others. I'm not going to say in a position of management because he wasn't, he, Dominic Raab, was not the direct line manager of people asserting the bullying, but it's someone that's, um, yes, in that senior position. And he described this behaviour as inquisitorial, direct, impatient, and fastidious. That was his style of management and dealing with those junior to him. And others thought it was bullying. And uh, yeah, we're covering that because I think there's a fine line between what somebody thinks is a a great way to manage and actually others treated as uh, bullying behavior. And um, we're dealing in a bit of a sort of jelly-like arena because there's no definition of bullying within uh, UK or English law. Um, There's a definition of harassment connected with a protected characteristic, but out-and-out bullying that's not connected with a protected characteristic, there's no definition. Um, There is an act, the 1997 Protection Against Harassment Act, which says, uh, talks about uh, a person knowing or ought to have known that the conduct in question was offensive, intimidating, malicious or insulting, or an abuse or misuse of power, which is likely to undermine, humiliate, denigrate or injure the recipient. So that's section two of the Protection Against Harassment Act. But other than that, no definition. There is in the ministerial code uh, quite a a bit of chat about um, how people should behave. And also it was looked at both in um, a review in 2018 uh, and a report from that. In the Priti Patel case, there was also a a definition of bullying given, and there was a High Court case in 2021 that gave a definition in terms of all the ministerial bits. But other than that, we're dealing with something that isn't defined. But Susanna, one of the points you made when we were getting ready for this uh, podcast is um, what actually was the alleged bullying in in this case so what amounted to bullying bearing in mind we don't have a definition a number of things but it was um uh, effectively uh the manner in which um he 
he appears to have criticized people or demanded, made demands um, and uh, spoken to people when he has felt that he has not been provided with the information in the way that he wanted or the way in which it should have been provided to him. Uh, and he felt that those individuals were employed to do their role. Um, uh, they were accountable for the work that they were doing. Um, he was very clear. He seems to suggest that he's always very clear and very direct about how he wants information provided to him and what he wants. Uh, and he felt um, in, in many circumstances that that would as that appeared to be uh, lacking. So from his perspective, he feels that he was justified in um, demanding uh, work to be done in a particular way. Um, I think that would be a sort of fair colloquial summary, would it? Yes, it is. And, and, and I think that the reason why this, we're not all expecting ministerial levels, it's just so often in work uh, to one or the, uh, one side of it, somebody is just saying, I'm, I'm doing my job, I'm doing it, uh, I, I spend a lot of time, etc. Um, and, and I expect you to as well. And the other person on the other side of this equation thinks, well, goodness, this, this is bullying the way they're treating me. It's, it's not a nice way to behave within a work environment. And it's trying to determine how we get around that problem of the difference in view of, of the behaviours concerned. Because there's another example that he, the man, um, he puts his hand out to the face of the person that he's talking to, his hand directly out towards another person's face with a view to making them stop talking. So that, that's a, a physical gesture which was alleged against uh, this particular uh, minister uh, as an act of bullying. And, um, and interrupting, also, wasn't it? Another yeah. thing was interrupting them to stop them talking uh, was another uh, issue that was raised. And humiliating people, calling a meeting in order to tell somebody that their work was woeful and inadequate. And... Um, and, and doing that in front of others and, uh, yes, threatening those um, uh, uh, disciplinary action of whatever sort that can be within uh, this code or the civil servants code. So I suppose the thing that the alleged bullier will say is, um, well, you need, who did I hold my hand up to? Who, who did I humiliate and um, uh, not act correctly with? Tell me the date, tell me what I did tell me what they did um, and then I can answer it and and in this particular case there was difficulty in creating giving specific details so that they could be answered and um, what do you think about that specific specificity point well I think I mean I think the problem yeah so I think it is an issue I think it means it's very hard for in in real terms for the person being accused to actually be able to argue or present their own position. Um, and that causes, causes uh, that definitely causes difficulties and certainly would cause a difficulty for an employer uh, when investigating this specific um, uh, kind of complaint. And it certainly seems to be something that Mr. Tolly QC um, definitely had to address when he was looking at um, these complaints uh, when when there wasn't there was a, a lot of narrative but not a lot of detail in respect of the behavior 
Um, but I mean, what I took from this was that really the degree of similarity amongst allegations may be relevant in establishing a pattern of conduct. So if you've got, um, I think the difference is where you might have more than one employee complaining about a manager having a bullying style of management or bullying uh, them in the workplace. Uh, that probably, um, you know, is, is, is where you can look at the overall context of what is being said by people in relation to the behaviours that they're experiencing. And for me, it was very much, um, you know, again, going back to this fact that we have no clear definition of bullying means actually that the investigator in a bullying investigation really has to take quite a lot of um, weight from how the individuals who have complained have been made to feel because there is no specific uh, one type of behavior that might amount to bullying and I think that's the problem for an employer is that you're almost getting into a subjective test rather than an objective test when you're looking at bullying. Yeah and in fact they do raise that in here because there's a mention that uh, there's the, the use of the word snowflake that um, actually it said uh, the resilience of, of the people that were subject to his manner of management. It said he did not at any time suggest that any of the complaints, complaints were derived from a so-called snowflake quality or alleged that any of the individuals concerned should be so regarded. He made the point that they should be, in, uh, they're reasonably entitled to expect a certain level of resilience in terms of employees and that he should, yes, he was managing in a way with that resilience intact. But um, your point, and I think it's right, that if somebody is saying, I feel I'm being bullied, uh, who, who are we to argue otherwise if that's how they feel? And then it's raising the point swiftly so that the person can modify their behavior at uh, the person that's allegedly being the bullier and in yeah. this instance that wasn't done swiftly there were quite quite aged allegations um, here going back some to, to 2018 and so you know that's a problem where things are left where people don't realize that what they're doing is not um acceptable for that person or that group of people and carry on doing the dastardly deed. I agree but I it just goes to show that actually again where you have multiple people um, making complaints about the bullying, even if it's been over an extended period of time, um, actually aged complaints probably are not something that you as the investigating officer need to have a, a great deal of regard to. I think it's actually, I think it's the converse, is that if you have one complainant uh, making a, a complaint of bullying and there has been these long periods of time without them raising any complaint, actually an investigating officer probably can look at, you know, whether what, what, you know, the context of that long period and why they haven't complained to take a view as to what the severity of the behaviour might be. Whereas I yeah, think the problem with this case was that there were multiple people over an extended period of time. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. And also a number of people said they felt they couldn't say anything at the time. So that's why they were aged. And But your point is, there's just so many people saying the same thing. Um, yeah. yeah it, it, are they all wrong? And, and he was told to modify his behaviour on the 9th of March and again on the 14th of July. And, and so 
knowing then and whether that behavior can be modified, that's important to take into account when you're looking at the person's reaction to uh, now knowing, um, yeah, this is not acceptable. Because there's a, quite a lot of discussion of he knew or he ought to have known and whether ought to have known was part of the equation. And it sort of becomes irrelevant because he gets told. It does, but it but, but that that was a fascinating uh, that that for me is a fascinating point. So there are two things about that. One is whether they ought to, and I think um, again we have this problem with what people say is my robust management style. You know, they don't necessarily believe it. But one of the other tests in terms of looking at the management style that seems to have come out of this investigation is looking at uh, someone's personal style of management and considering that very much in the context of what would normally be regarded as acceptable yeah. rather than uh, what the individual thinks in terms of, you know, applying a, a, a robust management style. Because that's, that, that's the type of wording we often hear is that I am, you know, I'm robustly um, managing my team. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I think that was interesting is that people really must be aware of and that goes back to training doesn't it in terms of uh, for managers that you uh, provide your managers with clear training about what what is and what might not be acceptable ways of managing their staff so for example in this case one of the things that really comes up is that you know just criticizing people without um, giving clear specifics um, is is problematic so in relation to that woeful and inadequate um, the individual must be very clear as to what is woeful and inadequate. Is it uh, a particular point that's been made? Is it uh, too many points and therefore it's watered something down? Whatever it is that's woeful and inadequate. But just moving on from that, one of the things this uh, report suggests is that in employer-employee situations, of which this is not one, uh, as we've said, normally in the disciplinary proce process or the disciplinary policy or a, a policy, it does describe what the company regards as bullying. So over and above harassment, what is bullying? And suggesting that that makes it more straightforward for an employer because they do have policies in which it does describe what that bullying is. And I have to say, um, a lot of employers don't have that description. What about your view on that, Susanna? Have you come across employers having that description of what they consider bullying to be? Uh, less so. I think they concentrate more on harassment and tend to define yeah. harassment using the legal definition of harassment. So yeah. I don't think they 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 make it clear. And in fact, one of the things that, that I definitely know I have don't think I've ever seen in a um, uh, where an employer might have tried to define um, uh, bullying is this abuse or misuse of power in a way that undermines or humiliates, you know, that I've never seen in a definition, but it seems to me eminently sensible that it probably should be included. And also, well, I think that, that what this highlights is that we clearly do need to um, be setting out in uh, policies what we would or might what might be considered as bullying behaviour. I mean, the task uh, for Mr. Tolly QC in this case was to, he sort of had to go around hunting for what might be classed as a definition of bullying. Um, and, and what what I picked up was that he came up with a whole load of stuff um, that means that actually for an employer 
without having clearly defined it. They have a range of behaviors, too wide almost. It, you know, the, so again, it goes back to yeah. this whole subjectivity of the complainant and yeah. how they're made to feel. Uh, and I think that's where you may need to, um, you know, have some clear, strong management in line. Just one, well, one, it, it's an exposure for an employer, but two, it makes the manager's life very difficult as well. They don't say, um, you know, uh, in fact, with the, the opposite was that if you do give constructive criticism, that cannot be classed as bullying. So, yeah. um, so that's a key factor for me is that actually th that we don't clearly define it. We also don't be, we're not specific about how somebody could be deemed to misuse their status or their management position. Yes, so it's 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 training and a policy on both, but both an example of what is constructive criticism and an example of of what isn't, so that managers then have have a clear guideline uh, to follow, and then you have consistency within the organisation, which which is yeah. good, and it's less down to personality types. Um, what about mitigation? They talk about mitigation um, in the report in terms of you know, justification, well, not justification, but in terms of an explanation, what did, what did you take from that in relation yes. to the impact of the mitigation? Yeah, I, I think it was a good point because also they go on to refer to having the opportunity to apologise and the opportunity to say, I regret behaving in that way. Um, and in within the ordinary employment relationship, there is that opportunity where you can bring both sides together and talk about what the alleged bullier could do to make it okay then for the other individuals so and or explain the circumstances we were under extreme pressure uh, I, I was responsible for x and therefore the explanation for it um, it's not absolving it it's just explaining it is this and then you can work how could we do that better the next time Often there's exercises within organisations where they have these wash up sessions where they look back and see how they could have done something differently. I think that's invaluable. They seem to have stopped um, those wash up sessions. But anyway, may, maybe yeah. everybody's got a dishwasher. And I think my pickup, my, my pickup point on that is that bullying and harassment are often in their own little, you know, they're often in their own policy and as an anti-harassment and bullying policy. And mm. often the very start of that policy will say um, uh, there will be no tolerance of bullying or harassment. So you're mm. almost as an but that's the that's the point about mitigation, isn't it? Mitigation. If you're taking mitigation into consideration, it doesn't mean that you automatically go to treating this as gross misconduct if you find that there has been this behaviour. So again, you know, it's almost like well, maybe we have to properly separate out in policies. At harassment and bullying because there may well be circumstances with bullying where actually you know uh you might find that there was bullying conduct but that there is mitigation uh because of time pressures um because of you know deadlines that people might be working under and other pressures which might justify that in fact um mitigation would be taken into consideration so i i, I, I don't know it's just something to think about Oh, I think that's an excellent point. I think your zero tolerance point in relation to harassment based upon a protected characteristic, if that leaks into bullying, which is not based on a protected characteristic, you're getting to the stage where it's um, it's not allowing for everyone to get together and 
remedy things in a working style because yeah. I'm in no way condoning that you can uh, start getting out of um, harassing someone on a protected characteristic based upon some kind of explanation if you have zero no. tolerance. I think I'm I think not that's either, really but, I am, but I'm saying that if somebody um, uh, has a robust management style um, and they are demanding um, uh, that work is done within timetable, within quite tight time constraints or, or giving work back with criticism that somebody takes um, uh, offensively or finds humiliating, you know, uh, that is a different scenario to somebody, um, you know, uh, treating somebody because of a protected characteristic. So it's just that we're lumping yeah. everything together. But yeah. actually, by lumping it all together, what we are doing uh, for what, what employers are doing is they're constraining themselves quite significantly, I think. And that's where you just need to, I, I think it's it, what this does is it makes us think about what are we, what, you know, how is, I mean, I'm dealing with a case at the moment, for example, where uh, a, a complaint of bullying has been made, but it's deemed to be malicious, um, you know, because they don't want to work with this particular manager. Now, that's a difficult scenario to deal with. So I just it, it, it's whether or not we need to relook really at how we separate out harassment and bullying, because they often get hooked together and actually they can yes. be entirely separate things. Yeah. And as you know, uh, if you don't have a protected characteristic, the only remedy that an employee might have would be constructive dismissal. Yeah. Can I just go back to your malicious point? Because I think that's obviously something that should be in the policy. But it's extremely difficult, evidentially, to show that someone is maliciously raising a complaint based upon bullying. Forget harassment on protected characteristics, but the bullying. Yes. So in, in, in the policy... Um, it might be worth thinking about uh, evidential points of a background where the individual says they don't want to work with this manager. They've made that comment to others. They have acted in quite a um, in a way that looks as if they don't want to be managed uh, yeah. in order to assist showing the malicious element of the allegation. OK, well, I think that has wrapped up this uh, particular point, which is showing um, or trying to show the style of management as opposed to the bullying uh, allegations that are raised. I think the distinction between bullying and harassment is the most important point to take out of this discussion. It's not something Ms. Dominic Rabb was at no point accused of um, making or managing in a way that uh, impacted a protected characteristic. It was just uh, the bullying. And I say just, it is dreadful if you are being bullied, but uh, it is not a protected characteristic. Thank you. Very interesting. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about employment law, contact Susanna Reinhardt at susanna.reinhardt at joneschase.com or Shona Newmark, shona.newmark at joneschase.com. Alternatively, call the Jones Chase team on 0203 837 or visit our website at joneschase.com. Thank you.